God didn't create you to hate you. Now, Jesus said, he who hates his life shall find it, but realize that to hate who you are as one born again is to have contempt for what Jesus has given you. Step into your new life and find the power of one chosen by God. Thanks for joining us on Life Journeys, a podcast about thriving through the worst pain that life brings. With global initiatives threatening big changes to our way of life, we're going to need to activate Jesus' words about mountain-moving faith. Words That Work is the ongoing series on life journeys that is rooted in releasing revelational words of faith that will work every time and with everyone. It's about moving the mountains that keep us from the presence and goodness of God. It's about defining our life purpose and identity through encountering Him. Until we have the power to move the obstacles that are destroying our liberty and hope, When I fail, here is the very place where I can grow in the amazing power of grace. Or I can wallow in the carnal man and condemn myself over and over again. Do I embrace new life or old? It's precisely here where my identity of divine esteem, honor, and nobility before the throne of God must be strongly instilled in my soul. I need to have it in plain sight in unbending, undeniable awareness that I am called to be who God is in the earth. Wait, what? Did I hear that right? One who is who God is in the earth? Well, that was the real name of one of the three men in Daniel's fiery furnace. He was called Meshach, but his real name was Mishael. The story goes that these three men were living in captivity, but they arose to be in charge of many of the affairs of Babylon. They had the king's favor, but accusations that they weren't honoring the king's gods or his image had reached the king, and he was enraged. But they said plainly that they would not bow to any idol. Now understand that it is in a fiery furnace where our identity is proven. To embrace the dignity that God gives us comes from a season often of deep brokenness in the fear of the Lord until arrogance has been drowned in the dark places of humbling and repentance. Our identity in Christ comes by revelation in the valleys, valleys of conviction and surrender. This is the place Christianity must come to in America. It's the place where the hardness of the way comes to challenge us all. In hardship, we can become the princes of God or only be fair-weather servants. Will we act like mere carnal men when the spirit of the Egyptians of old, which is the sin nature, rises to assault us in battle? It's here that we must not release our hold on the divine honor that God has given us. Even when the sin nature symbolized in the Old Testament by the Egyptians is bearing down on us full force. When you're fighting with that same old weakness, remember who you are. When you lose your job, remember who you are. When you're fighting that disease, remember who you are. When your friends turn on you, when a loved one dies... When you can't sleep, remember who you are. When you're broke or tempted 
or alone in a crowd, remember who you are. Your circumstances should never determine who you are. Who you are should determine your response to those circumstances. Also, remember who Jesus is, and keep your eyes on Him, for He alone has given you a divine identity. We are called to be like Mishael, one who is what God is in the earth. We must know beyond a doubt that the dignity that God has given us has been conferred upon us by heaven itself. If nothing that's been done to you or by you can define you, then nothing can destroy who you are when you walk in that faith. Do you realize you have been called to confess, I am in Christ, He is in me. In Christ, which is the most holy place before the throne of God, I am presented as perfect, blameless, and without spot. Now, I personally get bloodied every day by the stains of my carnal man, but I am sustained by my high priest, Jesus Christ. He presents me before God as one who is in him. I have his righteousness, his holiness, and his acceptance given to me to stand before the Father. I am hallowed in heaven and in the earth. And when the devil sees me, he sees Jesus by the work of redemption. Every place that my foot touches is holy ground. I have been made a man of God, of infinite purity as gold, fully tried in the fire of the altar. What I touch is to be hallowed in heaven and earth. All this is true solely by the priesthood of Jesus' work on the cross. But he ascended to heaven for me, and Scripture says I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I am called to be a king and a priest with Christ, as you are. Since I didn't earn this standing, neither can anything in this world take it from me. There is nothing that man nor devil nor I can do to erase my identity as nobility in the sight of God and the angels, except my own rebellion and unbelief. When the darkness surely comes again, when the temper flares, the fears thunder around me, and when I feel the choking fingers of sorrow around my throat, I must begin to assault the enemy with a prayerful declaration of heaven surrounding me on my behalf for the glory of God. I will resist my old nature. I will announce the power of the Spirit in the presence of angels coming to lift up the life of Christ in me. I will not give in, give up, or yield. As the one who is what God is in the earth, I will believe that he will keep what I have committed to him. I am his and he is for me. He will lead me in wisdom, patience, and courage to overcome. Have I arrived? Ah, uh, no. But as Paul says, I press on. Remember who you are when the battles get hot and your mind says it's hopeless, everything is hard, and you're going to lose. Be strong in the Lord. He has crowned you with glory and honor. You don't see it yet because it's still being forged in your soul by faith, but you will soon be seen as a man or woman of honor. The Psalms says something that Hebrews 2 also echoes. What is man that you are mindful of him, that you visit him? For we are lower than the angels, yet crowned 
with glory and honor. A few months ago I wrote these words. This has been a hard past seven days. For the first time in a long time I had to quote scripture to get my mind off my challenges so I could finally fall asleep. During this period I had not been particularly aware of God's presence. He seemed distant, and I felt my spiritual strength fading. Then the next morning I sought the Lord very pointedly about my own heart and then about my daughter's need. I felt I needed to engage in a revelation relationship with His glory to really be effective in presenting her before the throne of God. It was just a usual devotional time, though. Then I re-engaged with the Lord in the evening, even though I struggled a bit to seek Him. And then, then it happened. He just seemed to come in the room. For two hours, He was just there with me. He didn't say anything I could comprehend, but I could comprehend this. I was in the secret place of the Most High. I was in the fortress of God. So I just sat with Him and worshipped and prayed. I brought my daughter before Him as if I had literally carried her in my arms and set her at His feet. God had just come into my den and sat with me. He visited with me just like Psalms 8.4 says. Who am I that God should visit me? How is it that the God who dances on the aurora borealis as it stretches from the night's horizon into eternity and who superintends the nations and knows the thoughts of billions of people would think of me? How is it that God would visit me like this? But this I know. God knew the cry of my heart for my daughter, and He came in to allow me these two hours so that her and I could be intimately present before the One who inhabits eternity beneath the rainbow of His glory. That's how I felt. We were in His gaze and had His full attention, and all was well. It was like many times before when He had visited me with no expectation or even asking Him. He just showed up with such peace and power that nothing else mattered. It's hard to put into words. I was with the one who had kept my life and family all these years, and now I was wondering how the house was not glowing and lighting up the whole neighborhood. I almost wondered how no one else could know. And finally, I had to get up because it was bedtime. I didn't share anything with my wife until morning. It was just too intimate, too powerful. But I knew again how God just washes away every care and fear by His presence. This was His answer to my prayer. He came Himself, and I have peace in this need. So the psalmist says, When I consider the heavens, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Think of it, billions of galaxies, housing trillions of planets, float silently through the space far beyond the peering eyes of science. What is this insignificant-looking creature called man who adorns the desert floor of the earth for a few short years and then he's gone forever? What is man in all of this that God should visit him? The psalmist says, You crowned me with glory and honor. 
you gave me dominion over all the works of your hands. The splendor of the night sky, which no man can begin to understand, is but a divine glimpse of the majesty with which God has adorned you and I. We are far more than mere evolving flesh and blood organisms that crept out of the swamp millions of years ago. We were created intentionally by divine love and power to be eternal, majestic creatures of infinite love and beauty. We are created to rule and reign with Christ over all of the creation of God, and He creates universes. Now, we don't see all things in subjection yet, but the Bible says we see Jesus crowned with glory and honor. But He was made perfect for us through suffering. Remember, we have been made in God's image. He is bringing many sons to glory, the Bible says. Today, we are establishing the honor of kings by walking out an overcoming faith in this world. We are kings in training. You can unlock the presence of God in your life. There are revelation principles that remove the mountains, keeping us from joy, hope, peace, and purpose when our world gets turned upside down. Look for these words that work with Pastor Hardica as he shares what has helped him when life got hard. And don't forget to check out his book, The Fortress and the Firebrand, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Thanks for listening to Life Journeys. Find new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. And if you're new to this series, it begins with the September 16th episode. We are called to be like Mishael, one who is what God is in the earth. We must know beyond a doubt that the dignity that God has given us has been conferred upon us by heaven itself. If nothing that's been done to you or by you can define you, then nothing can destroy who you are when you walk in that faith.